We need to just record like a, an intro explaining what this is. Mm-hmm. What can we call it? Waffling. That is a, I think that's Peter Crouch's one or something like that. No, Joe Weller. Is it? Is it really? Palaverous. Palaverous. What does that mean? I don't know. Diffuse, it means. Wordy. See definition of palaverous. Profuse and idle talk. Yeah. Palaverous. Or palavering. Welcome to Palavering. Welcome to Palavering. Some idle talk between father and son. Don't take anything too seriously. Hope you enjoy. Well, Joseph, this is episode four of Palavering, the newest podcast sensation. And again, for listeners, if you hear Peter pattering in the background... It's just our little Cocker Spaniel, who has a habit of wandering around as we record. So what shall we talk about today, Joe? So we've just finished watching a new series, haven't we? A new Netflix series, yeah. We watched it over about two or three days. Yes, we have. And it's called The Tiger King. We've just got through seven episodes in... Three days. Three days, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the Tiger King? Well, do you want to just tell the listeners the premise if for some reason they've mm. been hidden under a rock for the last couple of weeks and don't know what the Tiger King is? Yeah. So there's this guy from Oklahoma called Joe Exotic and he runs a, a zoo for a specifically big cats, but he's also got like bears and monkeys and whatever else there. But it's the main attraction is the big cats. So he's got the biggest... Is it in the whole USA or something? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, the biggest tiger zoo in the whole US. Over 200 tigers. Yeah. And then lots more lions on top of that, yeah. And this documentary is sort of just following his life journey, I guess. It only actually records probably the last five years or so, ten years, something like that. I don't yeah. know. But it, it talks about his whole experience of starting a zoo and where he is now and everything. And um, it's basically following his story up until now, and he's currently serving 72 years in prison, was it? 22, I think they said at the end. 22. Yes. He's serving 22 years in prison now. I won't reveal what for, because I guess that's revealed in the documentary. Yeah. But um, that's the basic premise. But there's a whole like feud and war going on between these yeah, lots tiger of twists and turns. Tiger owners, yeah. Where throughout watching the show, the loyalties yeah. sort of switch a bit, and then you think, "Hang on a minute, why am I loyalty switching when everyone seems just as bad as yeah. each other?" <laughs> yeah, and then in the end, you sort of just realise that pretty much everyone in the documentaries. Messed up. <laughs> In some way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be difficult to talk about without um, giving spoilers and things, but, I mean, right at the end, um, on one of the screens that scrolls up at the end of the documentary, it was quite revealing. It said, In the US today there are five to 10,000 tigers yeah. in zoos. 
I think specifically in captive. I don't think it necessarily means zoos, like privately owned. Oh, privately owned, yes. Yeah, so they could be in, in mansions or in cages in the back of... Yeah. That's crazy, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that there's less than 4,000 tigers in the world, in the wild. Yeah. And just in the States, there's between five and 10,000. So imagine all the other countries where people enjoy collecting tigers or having them as yeah. pets or status symbols, that kind of thing. Terrible. It is, yeah. So, I mean, did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. It was brilliant. What kind of thing do you enjoy, the twisty-turny kind of thing about it, or just, just documentaries in general? Documentaries. One of my favourite documentaries on Netflix, or it should be called like a mockumentary, uh, it's called The American Vandal. <laughs> Oh, the American... I think I watched part of season one. Yeah. And so that. it set out... That was like, a little rude, that one. It was, it was yeah. Um, but it set out like a proper documentary. Yeah. And everything in it's done really well. As if it was a documentary. As if it was a documentary. But yeah. the whole plot and everything is just a made-up story. Yeah. And I think that's why I probably didn't like that as much, because yeah. I knew it wasn't a documentary. It's hay fever season, and um, I struggle with grass pollen, so I discovered uh, just a few years ago. Never had a problem with hay fever until I was sort of in my 50s. And um, <clears throat> so I just a little bit short of breath and that kind of thing. But I sneeze a lot. And, of course, as you've known for a long while, when I sneeze, I, I sneeze the name of Jesus in the Hebrew. Um <laughs> which is yeah, Yeshua. Mm. Uh, I won't do it now because it'll make the microphone pop and everything. <laughs> but when I sneeze, yeah, I sneeze uh, Yeshua really clearly. Um, so I like to think that's a, a sign yeah. from the Lord <laughs> built into me that, um, you know, I'm called for his purposes mm. and to speak the name of Jesus out into the world. I just wonder what you thought about that kind of thing. I don't particularly <laughs> believe that's true. But I was um, learning about something before all my A-levels got cancelled or whatever. Yeah, go on. And uh, St. Augustine of Hippo believed that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he was one of the first guys to come up with like the theology of predestination. And yeah. so... Um, he, had a, a, he was from Carthage, wasn't he? Yeah. He looked after... Um, the zoo in Carthage, is that right? <laughs> is that why he was called St Augustine of Hippo? No, hippo Rages or Oh, okay, nothing to do with hippopotamuses. No. <laughs> OK, all right. Um, but essentially he said that the elect, the people who will go to heaven, yeah. will know that they will go to heaven from these signs in their lives. Yes. And so I was just thinking that uh, if he is right, maybe that's if your sign. If he is right, maybe my sign... Is that you sneeze Yeshua? Is that... Yeah, because it, it's when you think about it, it's a subconscious thing. Yeah. In fact, it's even deeper than subconscious. It's actually built into your biology. My physically, my biology. Yeah. That when I sneeze, I sneeze the the ancient name of Jesus. So that's fascinating. What do you think about uh, signs in general? That kind of thing. You know, have you ever popped up the toaster and? Um, yeah, like the face of Jesus or Mary no. have appeared in the in the toast. 
Not particularly for me. I can't say that's ever happened. No. Um, I'm not really sure it ever does happen. <laughs> you went to a, a Roman Catholic uh, secondary school. Yeah. And enjoyed it. It was very good. And uh, I was a governor there for a little bit. Uh, and of course, I don't, I don't know, but I assume some of your teachers, I mean, you certainly had a couple of teachers who used to be nuns yeah. um, way back when. And so you would have thought they would have visited places like Lourdes or oh yeah, they like have, yeah. <clears throat> so did you talk to anyone there or what do you think generally about signs, God giving signs to humans? Say, you know, a weeping statue or something yeah. like that. I'm not convinced. But why wouldn't you be? I think it it says a lot about the characteristics of God, which I wouldn't agree with, that I don't think he necessarily like possesses. Oh, okay. Oh, inter- what, you don't think God would yeah. make an inanimate object? Cry. Cry. Just to show that he's there. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, of course, I'd never know, but... From what no, I you, read, would that's it be? A, would it seem a bit trivial for God to do? He would just be like titillating us, kind of thing. Not even that, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it'd be a bit beneath him. Is that what you think? No, I think it would be a bit. It's just out of his character. Right. It doesn't seem very. I mean, he made a, a bush burn without being consumed to get Moses' attention. Yeah. Do you think sometimes he might uh, just want to get people's attention? And and the people, instead of just giving God their attention, they become enamoured with the thing that got their attention. So, you know, we read the story of Moses. It was a transformative moment in his life yeah. where he became the saviour for Israel. And um, the crunch moment is that he met with God. Yeah. But he met with God because God got his attention through a bush that burned. It was something really weird. Yeah. The bush burned but didn't. It wasn't consumed by the fire. That's that's the important thing. But I guess Moses could have left that encounter going, oh, let's set up monuments for the bush. This is an amazing (laughs) bush. Let me write a few letters about the bush, that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think God might want to get people's attention through those kind of odd signs, but instead of the people giving God their attention, they're giving the sign their attention? Well, obviously, I I would never know. No. I can I can see where you're coming from with that, yeah. I saw on um, Reddit yesterday on Allah slash Christianity. Yeah. There was a post and it was a picture of a cross. I can't remember what state it was in, but there was a, a tornado or a hurricane, a tornado probably. Right, yeah. And it devastated this town. Yeah. And this church had three crosses outside the town, outside the church. Yeah. And two of them got knocked down and one of them was like still up. Right. And so loads of people in this subreddit were saying it's a sign from God or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then loads of other people were saying, well, eight people died in this tornado. Yeah, yeah. So either God willingly killed these eight people to show our, a show yeah. a sign. Yeah. Or he didn't do anything at all. And it's just a coincidence that the sign sure. stood up. Sure. Uh, and yeah, And there are so many of those kind of things. Yeah. And sometimes Christians are the worst of reading reading things into situations and then not thinking of the ramifications of what they're, yeah, yeah. What they're saying, reading into it, you know. Yeah, OK, I just thought it, it's interesting because as far as I'm concerned, anything is God's prerogative. Yeah. 
and it's just what he chooses to use that prerogative for and and i i do think i do think that there are probably more mistakes made by humans where they've said this is a sign or this is god this is god whatever and it actually isn't yeah but i do think there are cases where god has tried to get people's attention mm. or nations attention or people groups attention and it's uh, and it's been missed and just written off that as a oddity yeah i know we've had a, a similar conversation to that before do you think that necessarily is god if it if it is him making those signs and another supernatural being i'm on still within about christianity as a whole but not another supernatural being what do you do you mean like uh satan quote unquote heavenly beings oh okay um I don't know. I think at the end of the day, you know, when you look at the heavenly host, as it were, you know, angels, cherubim, seraphim, and all those kind of things which are shown in the Bible over, scattered over the whole library of books, they're largely defined as God's messengers. So yeah. they're acting on God's authority anyway, so I'm quite happy to say it's it would be God yeah. who would do those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are just weird Christians that just <laughs> see, you know, Jesus in a piece of toast or yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> I've probably insulted people now who are really lovely and maybe people who I know and love, and I've just called them weird. I've realised that. And I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> My apologies, people. I was just looking at um, photos of your older brother, who, of course, has just got married. Yeah. In uh, Australia. And we went over for the wedding. We did. And you were one of the groomsmen, and I conducted the service. And then uh, you and Mum and myself, we just made it back in time to the UK before flights were cancelled. Yeah, just about. But Jordan, of course, got stuck in Australia with his bride... And he's having to live at the in-laws right now <laughs> for a lengthy period. Yeah. Wow, that's a strange start to married uh, life, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, I was, so I was just looking at this picture of him and, of course, it's, it's very evident that his hairline over the years mm. has um, just got higher and higher and higher. And he knows, of course, now that he's, he's, he's a balding young man. Yeah. I don't know if he'll... I don't think he'll ever go fully bald. I think he'll stay like that now. You think he'll stay like that? You don't think it'll get worse? Not much if it's, worse. If you call it worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just for the listeners who don't know me, I am, <laughs> um, I am largely always shaven-headed because I really haven't got much hair left at all. No. So I just uh, shave it smooth at uh, my local friendly uh, Kurdish barbers who do a fantastic job. But Jordan did say that he was thinking of having a buzz cut. Hmm. I mean, it's a good time to get it done if you're going to have one, I guess, since we're in lockdown. Can't really go get a, a haircut from a barber, can you? So, Actually, that's a good point. If he's going to get a buzz cut, he ought to do it now, and then it could even grow out. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't like it, yeah. it'll grow before the yeah. next time the barbers are open. So, um, what do you think about your chances then? Because Jordan is 25 now, and I think he started mm. thinning probably when he was 22, did he? 21, 22? 
Yeah. And I started thinning when I was 18. Mm. And you're 18 now. I am. You've just turned 18. So what do you think about uh, you and hair and all things follicle? I think I've got off with it. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> you think you've got away with it? I think you and Jordan had similar hair or have similar hair. Right. Whereas mine isn't like yours. Jordan's was always pretty thick. Yes. And he didn't have like, in terms of like the actual quantity of hair, it wasn't loads, but it was really thick. So the hair, you mean each individual hair was a thick hair? Yeah. Okay. It was a thicker hair. Yeah. Whereas I've got loads of hair, but it's really thin already. Okay. So already I think my hair's loads different to yours and Jordan's. And then I haven't like brushed my hair in like three years or something with like an actual brush. Have you not? No. What? Explain. (laughs) I don't know what you mean. Well, ever since like year eight, I've pretty much had the same haircut, just like an undercut. So my sides are shaved and then my top's long. Yeah. And then I remember watching a video in year eight or whatever when I was styling my hair on like how to look after your hair. Yeah. Saying that brushing it with like a fine brush is really bad for it. Really? Damages your scalp and stuff like that. So ever since then, I've not actually brushed it with like a fine comb or a fine brush. Well, that's in- I have never heard that before. So, you know, sometimes you, you hear about ladies with long, lustrous hair. Mm. And they're always brushing it, you know, giving it a good brush. Yeah. And and that's a bad thing. Apparently so. Wow. I mean, when they do brush it, loads of hair comes out, doesn't it? True. I don't have that issue. <laughs> no. So it's not, it's not your hair clogging up the bathroom plug. I mean, it could be if it just comes out when the water hits it. I think it's mum's. Yeah. It's not mine. It's certainly hair. not mine. No. <laughs> because well, I shower with the, the, I don't know what the special name is, the cap yeah, over yeah, the, yeah, yeah. whatever that collects your hair. Yeah. And then there's no hair in it after I've finished. Okay, well, it's got to be mum then. <laughs> you need to tell her to stop brushing her hair quick. <laughs> what do you do with it? And just rub your fingers through it with some kind of wax? Or? Yeah. Blow dry it, and then I leave it. I don't brush it. Well, so if if you don't go bald, yeah, do you think it's it is because your hair's different, or do you think it's because you've had a different regimen in looking after it? Probably both. I won't be able to pin it down, would no. I? So for I guess I'll just say both. Well, well done you. <laughs> you are quite a wise young man, really, aren't you? <laughs> Not really. No, you are. You are. In yeah. what way? Well, you know, you, if you come across something and you know this is a sensible thing to do, uh, yeah, then largely you'll do it and be adamant about it. That, that's not necessarily wise. That's just like common sense, isn't it? Well, I, I think people who have a great deal of common sense and then follow that common sense are wise. I'd say wisdom comes just from, like, not necessarily even doing the right thing, but already knowing what the right thing is to do. That, that would be a special definition of wisdom, I think. I think you're stepping into kind of other areas, maybe the scriptural kind of wisdom <laughs> there. I'm just talking about being wise as a human being. Surely is being able to weigh knowledge up and uh, choose what seems common sense and pursue it. That's just critical thinking. Give it as many fancy terms as you like, but they all, all the blocks of those fancy terms add up to being a wise person, surely. I don't know. 
you, you'll probably end up being a, a wise old owl with, you know, being a kind of guru, <laughs> like a Yoda kind of figure. Yeah. <laughs> living in a swamp. Living in a swamp. Well, you wouldn't mind that, would you? I guess <laughs> living on your own. And, no. and people would travel a long way <laughs> just for your pearls of wisdom. The other day, as we uh, were driving to uh, Nana's house, uh, actually, I think it was just me and Mum, we stopped off at a newsagent to pick up a newspaper for Nana, and I popped in this newsagent, and there was only me going in, and the Asian uh, shop owner, who looked around, what did he look, 35, 36, in fact, he did tell me his age, it was something like that. And as soon as I walked in the shop, he took a, a look at me and he said, it's Pastor Russ, isn't it? And I said, it is. Am I, am I supposed to recognise you? He said, no, you came in my school, Xul's school, it was called, when I was 12 years old, he said, and you did an assembly and you used to come in regularly for assemblies and they were always full of life and energy. But there was one particular assembly where you picked me out and asked me to sing a song with a couple of other people. And he said, I've always uh, remembered it. And so that's why I just I recognise you straight away. You've not changed at all, he said. Uh, well, to give him his due, I, I probably haven't changed much, <laughs> um, except put on a lot of weight. What is he, third, 35, 36 now? Hmm. And he remembers that incident from when he was 12. When I used to go into schools and do that kind of thing. See, I'd struggled to remember any assembly I had ever, never mind someone's specific name. I mean, I did do a lot of assemblies. I did used to get up all manner of escapades. I remember in that school in particular, there was a couple of occasions when I had... You'd never get away with this now. I had students come out and shave me, wet shave me. (laughs) And uh, basically, because I just had 10 minutes to talk about trust. So I talked about trust while these people, these pupils were wet shaving me. Crazy what you could do back then. What were they shaving you? Well, with safety razors, (laughs) not with cutthroat (laughs) razors, but still safety razors, not like electronic things. So I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet here. (laughs) What I'm saying is that it's worth stepping out and doing something out of the ordinary, trying to make an impact. It was interesting because when I walked in the newsagent, I could hear him singing before I went in. And the first thing I said to him was, wow, this is a cheerful place. (laughs) And he said, yeah, I enjoy my singing. Oh, it's Pastor Russ, isn't it? So don't waste opportunities to speak out because sometimes it can take a quarter of a century for to understand what impact it made. I must keep in touch with that fella. I don't know, from last time, I don't know whether we've doubled our listening audience, but someone did contact me from Norfolk, uh, an old friend, um a couple of days ago, and they said they enjoyed spending half an hour with us chatting. Absolutely. So that's good. Yeah. So we have listeners now from as far afield as Norfolk and New South Wales, Australia. Wow. I don't know where Tim and Ellie are now, but... Uh, Do they listen as well? Yeah, Tim sent me a message. No way. 
saying that I use love the podcast. Well, that's great. Let's talk about them for a bit <laughs> then, and then give them a shout out. So Tim and Ellie, yes. I now where are they now? They're probably in Hull. Tim Button and Ellie Button, and Tim was a musician in the Royal Marine Band. Very impressive, yeah. Very, very impressive, and excellent drummer. Mm. And Ellie is oh, she's an amazing singer. She has a great Beautiful, yeah. voice. I mean, just pitch perfect and clear and expressive. Mm. And I think they released was it last year like a little EP? Yeah. And they've just released an album. Is I think that they're, right? they're releasing the singles currently. They're releasing the singles re- yeah. from the album. Yeah. Okay. And last week, a really last minute actually, we we sent a message to them asking if they could record a little song for us as a church um, that we could play on Easter Sunday to our uh, people online all over the place. And they did. Yeah. Which is really nice of them to just drop everything and record a, a beautiful song. It's fantastic. How did you sort of come across Tim and what's that relationship been like? <laughs> I don't actually remember the first time we met. You, you'd probably know. I have no clue. I, I can't remember. I mean, you'd have met him through us. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the big weekend. Yeah, it would have been a big weekend, probably, when they came. The first one. Four years ago, maybe? Yeah. I went to Moldova with Tim and Ellie, October 2018. You, you went on kind of a short-term trip, mission trip. One or two weeks, I can't really remember. Yeah. Um, but I went to Moldova because that's where they were at the time. Yeah. In Chisinau. Um, and we did loads of stuff there. Went to orphanages and these little remote villages, which literally had like nothing. Um, we helped them out with little bits and pieces. Um, and then over the course of like the last two or three years Tim has constantly been sending me expensive drum equipment (laughs) just to bless me he's a very generous man yeah perhaps the most generous man I've met oh (laughs) shout out to Tim shout out to Tim Button I'm still using his Mapex snare and his minor symbol to this day my favourite drums yeah so, yeah, thank you, Tim, for that, if you are listening. Yeah. I'm just trying to find out, um, Tim, but let's just find out about the the album or the s- Yeah, I know they've released uh, two singles up to when we're recording this. I'm not sure when it will go out, but at the minute they've released two of them. Okay. There might be three, actually, now. There's Catching Me, Take My Hand, and there's a new single, Dwelling Place, that came out. A few days ago. Yeah, and it's available on Spotify. And Apple Music. And Apple Music. And I'm sure other things. So what what do people search for, uh, Joe, to uh, buy the single? Uh, Search Ellie Button, I guess. That's what I did to find it. Okay, Ellie Button. Buttons spelled as in uh, buttons on your shirt. And Ellie. Ellie Button on Spotify or Apple Music. Yeah, iTunes. Yeah. Um... And check her out. The latest single is called Dwelling Place. Yeah. You can also get the uh, previous EP there. Yeah. Well, support Tim and Ellie. They're an amazing couple, and they um, gave up their jobs to go and do missions work and are committed 
to making the world a better place. Yeah. So, um, and they're releasing music just to help them be able to do whatever's next for them. So, yeah, go ahead, support them. Fantastic. Well, it's been great to be with you today. Thank you for joining us on Palavering. And we'll see you another time. So it's goodbye from me, Russ, and... A goodbye from me, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye.